is your show recommendable? Is someone going to listen to this and be like, you guys got to hear this? People think it's so cliche to hear or to say, like, you got to provide value. Well, why do you think you hear it over and over and over and over again? Because that is the standard. This is Brand Story, a podcast featuring in-depth conversations with leaders, marketers, and brand storytellers about their professional journey and the impact they're making on the world around them. Welcome to the Brand Story Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gelman, and my guest today is Rich Cardona. Rich is a Marine Corps veteran, a global top 50 podcaster, the founder of Rich Cardona Media, and he specializes in podcasting, content distribution, and helping others scale their brand with podcasts. So if you're interested in podcasting for yourself or for your brand, this episode's for you. Hi, Rich. Welcome to the podcast. Good afternoon. Uh, I'm freshly caffeinated, as I always do before a podcast, but Steve, gra- glad to be here and honored to be here. Happy to do anything I can to help your audience out. Yeah, I think uh, our audience will be fascinated with podcasts um, and talking about it a little more. You know, our audience is a lot of leaders and marketers, and uh, marketers are always curious about podcasting. I think sometimes they're maybe a little intimidated by it. I think we have a couple of friends in common. Uh, Claude yes, Silver, uh, Chief oh, yeah. Heart Officer of Vayner, was on our yeah. podcast, and you produce her Very podcast, right? My soul sister, yeah. God, I, I love her. And that podcast, uh, you know, Emotional Optimism, is my is actually my favorite podcast, if I have to be truthful. Mm-hmm. And then uh, do you also produce Brown Table Talk? I do, I do, and I'm... They are about to reach a milestone. Sorry to interrupt, but I cannot help it. They are like knocking on the door of 100,000 downloads uh, within 50 episodes and in less than a year. And they're right there with five episodes to go this season. So we're we're really, really happy for them. They're doing exceptional work. That is so exciting. That is such an amazing podcast. I, I just stumbled on it probably just through connections, started listening, went back to listen every single episode. I'm a huge fan. I feel like it's taught me so much. The bravery and the the honesty in that podcast and just her and Dee together, the chemistry, everything about it is amazing. Your background is so interesting to me. You were in the Marine Corps for a very successful 17 years. Um, infantry, a helicopter pilot, a director of uh, an aircraft group legal office. You've also worked at Amazon, helping. you've helped veterans over the years. And you've been in consulting. So how did you end up in po- podcasting? And where does the passion for podcasting come from? Uh, it's, it's, it was never part of the plan. Um, leaving Amazon was never part of the plan until I realized, like, this is just not a life I want to live. And it's not a knock on the company. Obviously, they're extremely forward thinking. They're a brand, they're a globally known brand. And, and I mean, you probably got something from them this week, you know, like if we're all being honest, like, so, so I get that, that's fine. But the work environment for me, uh, it just was impersonal. Uh, and I, I mean, very high paced, which I liked, especially coming from the Marine Corps, but there was some gaps there that I needed to address. And, and I, I kind of knew right when I got there, this wasn't gonna, I don't think I could do this for four years. And I lasted two, but the plan then was uh, I had no idea what was going to happen. I had stumbled across Gary Vaynerchuk's content and I was fascinated at first. Like I tell a lot of people, I was like, who is this clown of a, like, I, I was just like, this is ridiculous. Oh, wow. And, but then it started to stick and like really stick. And I was like, okay. So, um, and that's actually, I, I started, uh, being curious about the people around him. That's how I got to know Claude and some of the people he works with, but I, I left Amazon and I was like, okay, I moved in with my in-laws, not because of anything he said, but because that was just some our, our only option essentially. So we moved in and I started just messing around, Steve, with like photography and video. And, and the only reason I even looked at those things is because I really enjoyed doing them in my off time, although I had no formal training. Just like everybody else, I was just curious the funny part of this whole thing is I don't tell this part ever really. I applied for entry-level positions at all kinds of photography shops in Virginia and no one called me back. Oh man, I wish you'd talked to us. I would have called you back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I was just kind of like, what is the problem here? That's crazy. I was like, I just want to learn. And my wife's like, you're overqualified. I'm like, I'm trying to tell them I can do so much for you. Just, I just want to learn. I want to know like what an F-stop is, like all the basics. But eventually that led to me starting a podcast uh, with other new entrepreneurs. 
what I learned was, and I know you know this, is just like, it's just so fun to have conversations. It's like, it's literally one of those things you're like, like I could do this all day, but this doesn't necessarily pay the bills, right? Like, especially if you're unemployed and and trying to start a business. But that led to a business uh, where I really got into personal branding content specifically for LinkedIn. And it evolved into podcasting specifically last year uh, after we pivoted a little bit from um, after reading this book called $100 Million Offers. And I realized with uh, some of the podcast success I've had, uh, repeatable success, I, I believed I could do it for others. And and that's how I landed there. But it was a very disorienting, ugly road. And uh, I mean, I'm glad I am where I am, but it was not pretty by any stretch of the imagination. I think a lot of successful people and a lot of successful roads, especially in entrepreneurship, are just straight up messy. You know, there's a lot of left turns. There's a lot of unexpected you know, what you would think at the time are setbacks, but they turn out to be blessings in disguise. Yeah, I saw that post you posted recently, oh, that, yeah. that one that's kind of gone viral, the guy yeah. falling off the staircase on a trampoline. God, I love that. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a great analogy to how success actually works, right? Yep. You know, and I just love how relaxed the person is. I can't say I was always that way, you know, like you struggle and you have anxiety and it's so hard. And I think you start, start to learn that, you know, if you're connecting with people and you're actually helping people, good things are going to happen period. So Steve, let me share this. It's so fresh. That's why I want to share it. Uh, <laughs> I was at, uh, I was at church the other day and you know, we we're, there was a message and I always usually tie these things into business somehow. Uh, so this is very much paraphrasing or, or just flipping it into how you could use it for business. But we we're talking about hard times, of course, uh, this is something that always comes up and I was thinking about it in entrepreneurship and I was like, wow, you know, if you lose a prospect or a client or you missed a deadline or any of these things, you know, there's, there's like these moments, these periods short or long of like, kind of like devastation. Sure. Right. And, yeah. and then, and then it just comes to the point where you're just contemplating, like, should I even be doing this? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like what, what like, am I doing? What? Yeah. Like maybe it would have been better to stay at Amazon, right? Like you start thinking these crazy thoughts and I think the way, and, and this is why I kind of interjected, you just just continue to deliver, right? It doesn't matter if there's a setback. Like, where have you delivered? Can you deliver more? Can you just continue to deliver? And instead of deliver, I like to think of it in my head, especially from a Marine Corps mentality, is like a serve. Like, how can I serve? And if you just don't stop that, then those periods of contemplation start to shrink a little bit, right? Because you know you you know what I mean? Like, you know what to do. You just need to do more of it. Yeah, we've been in business for going on 28 years, 27 years. Congrats, that's amazing. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> we started in Washington, D.C. We've had so many different clients. But, yeah, millions of setbacks, different changes, all sorts of things. And, you know, when I started to learn, and it was always part of me because I have theater background and I love working with people and I love connecting with people, if you're just honestly in this to help someone else, not sell them something, that's the difference right there. Yeah. Just show up and serve. Show up and that's help. It. You know, don't manipulate. Don't try to make someone buy something they don't need. You know, all of that. So, yeah, I, I have a feeling you and I could talk for like three hours today without any problem. I've been looking forward to this so much. Um, but let's – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about podcasting a little bit. And then at the end, I want to come back and talk a little bit more about entrepreneurship. Because I know you're on this journey of entrepreneurship. You and I have that in common. Love to talk to you about that more. So one of the things I noticed about very early on in your podcast journey, you were able to get some amazing guests. You know, I think people notice that right about right away about your content. You talked with Gary V, Kendra Hall, you know, Jocko, you know, all these people that are so difficult to get in front of. How did you manage that? I love the challenge of gatekeepers. I love the challenge of getting in person, especially with these people. It's, it's almost like a game to me, uh, which you can't win every game. So it's, it's where I have the thickest skin. Like I have a DocuSign out and I get ghosted by a prospect. That's like, you know, I want to cry in the shower in a fetal position for like two days. Yeah. (laughs) If I get a no from one of these, I'm just like, for now, it's it's literally one of those things. Like, it just means it's a no for now, but I'll figure it out. So the way I did this was, and uh, this is like, I really probably need to formalize this, but 
Number one, I follow the content. I don't just appreciate the content. I engage with the content, right? Like there's a difference. You're preaching to a choir right here. Right? There's a difference. <laughs> the huge difference. So, you know, then I would just be like, okay, like I, I told you already kind of like how I discovered Claude. I like to look at the people around these people and I determine that helps me determine if I'm on the right track. Like, am I just being impressionable or is this someone that I actually jive with that I think understands people like me or was someone like me at one point in their life. So that's a really, really big deal. Uh, the third is what's the kind of level of altruism? And you and I know those names right there, like they do a lot for a lot of people and it doesn't cost anything. And they are, they, there's just kind of this, uh, this element of goodwill that is, is kind of in their DNA that I resonate with deeply. The next step is I invest. If they have a course, if they have a book, anything like that, I study the course or I take the course, I read the book, and guess what? Knowledge acquired, my friend Christo says this, knowledge acquired is not the same as knowledge applied. And that's a big deal because guess what you have if you have that knowledge and you're applying it? You have the ability to kind of tag those people and maybe they'll see it, maybe they won't. But one of those things where you're able to be like, wow, um, reading a hundred million dollar offers absolutely helped me pivot from just strictly video marketing to video podcasting and it three X my business. And here's some of the things I learned along that journey. Like if that person happens to get a sniff of that, that's your name might, might stick out. And then maybe you'll reach out to them one day and say, can I help with your LinkedIn? And they'll be like, yes, because they've seen me tag them enough times. Okay. So you're really in there doing the work yourself and making friends and making connections. I've seen people try to outsource it and it just doesn't work. No, 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 you can't, you can't, you can't do that. So, so here's the, here's the kind of like, like really advanced aspect of that. Once you have the knowledge and you've been applying it, the, the critical piece here is can you be a case study of these people? There's nothing more flattering. There's nothing more flattering if you're just like, you've really kind of just ingrained, like taken what they've taught you and ingrained it, okay? Like that is the, so many people um, take Gary Vee's advice or Jocko's advice or Kendra's advice or Dory Clark's advice, all these people's advice uh, for a little bit. And then it kind of ceases. But what if it becomes habitual? That's like a dream come true for them because a lot of people who buy their stuff don't do anything. You know, really don't do anything. They will enjoy the book or enjoy the course or not finish the course. So that's a big deal. And then the last piece I would say is how can you serve them? You've already served them in a way. You know, you've invested in them. You've tagged them. You've tried to be a brand ambassador to them. But is there anything else you can do? This is where I think getting people on your podcast is important. At the time of some of those podcasts, my audience was very specifically veteran-owned small businesses or veterans looking to start their own business. And I knew at that time that 25% of veterans want to start their own business and only 2% actually do. And I was trying to help solve that problem. That's that's the tagline. That Not the tagline, but that is the pitch. Okay. I, I really think my audience can benefit from hearing you, by the way, do you have a big military audience? Jocko aside, you know what I mean? And it was a yes, it wasn't that bad, but that's the template I kind of use. Please steal it. Please use it. And, and the last criteria, Steve is if you inspire me, it's like, I'm on a mission to get in front of you. So it's not just who I can get. It's not just, oh, I want the big name because they're the big name. Is there anything about you or the work that you're doing that inspires me? And if the answer is yes, that's going to be my kind of mission now is to be like, all right, well, got to land you on the podcast somehow. Let's do this. Man, that is so great to hear. That, that like, you wouldn't believe the shot of, of just joy and confidence that gives me from a podcasting point of view because that's my method. And I just yeah. came up with it on my own. I was inspired yeah. by Gary Vee. It's why I started this podcast. Yes. But I... I can't do an episode unless I'm excited, deeply excited about talking to the person. So when you're when you're really seriously into what the person is offering and you're a fan for real and you're applying what they're teaching, it makes the connection more natural, I think. Deeply. That's so cool. So one of the things that you talk about that I love how you put it, because I don't hear it a lot in podcasting, you hear a lot of like push strategy and get strategy and a lot of selfishness in podcasting. And you talk about the listener's promise. 
keeping that top of mind. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, uh, I, and I really, I'm going to be very careful. I think I said it, but in case I didn't, it was my co-host Heather Parody. Uh, also, a, a she's a phenomenal podcaster. Uh, but it was, I, I would just say it was kind of a united. Um, Thing that we were committed to when we started a podcast together. And this podcast, Steve, uh, you know, hit 100,000 downloads in less than 100 days, uh, a million downloads in less than eight months. And I'm not saying that to toot on our own horn. I'm saying that because we did not deviate from what you just asked me, which is a listener promise. We were deeply committed to helping people learn about NFTs. NFTs were the number one searched Google term uh, in 2021. And we knew that. That was a great podcast, too. Yeah, thank you. And mm. we knew it. But we also knew that we were investing thousands of dollars. We were almost blindly following Gary V. And we're just like, okay, we want to be early on something for the first time in our lives, not late. So we had no way to be accountable to each other about it. So we're like, why don't we learn in front of everybody so that way um, they can get the same knowledge that we're getting at the same pace and we'll do all the research, we'll do all the episodes. So our listener promise was to help you learn about this completely obscure and new space in 20 minutes or less and do it in a fun and engaging way. Those sound really simple, really lofty, just kind of blanket, whatever, but that's exactly what we did. And we would reference Forbes. We would reference Investopedia articles. We would re we would interview, obviously, people who were prominent in the space or doing good things, Tom Bilyeu or Vayner, Vayner NFT CEO, Avery Akinini, like things like that. So we had our promise. And I think, I believe, to fully answer your question, it's just, are you going to give them what you said, period, consistently? And if we deviated from that, we usually actually had lower downloads. If we just got a little bit too personal or too fun, I absolutely saw a little bit of a difference in downloads. But if we kept a listener promise and did exactly what we said, then that's when we got the kind of reviews that we got, which is like, I learned so much. Or I bought my first NFT because of Rich and Heather, things like that. And then you're like, we are doing our job. Yeah, that is so cool. I feel, I feel like that's a real common thread through the work you do is educating people and helping them learn. And, you know, there are podcasts that are made to entertain and there are podcasts that are made to educate. And unfortunately, there are a ton of podcasts that are made to sell you something, mm -hmm. which are my least favorite kind. <laughs> but yeah. that education piece of really being passionate about helping others comes back to your, I think, your focus on service. And, I, you know, so do you think that's where a lot of the success you've had has come from? I think so. It's just why, why, why keep it in? You know, it's just like, why, why keep it in? So, so this is a very important distinction for anyone who's contemplating a podcast out there. So Steve has 28 years, okay, of, of your very specific expertise. So obviously you could come on and you could talk about it. We had no expertise, uh, so it's, but we're still both educating. So one of them was more of documenting, not creating, and the other one was creating based off of your expertise and authority. It's very, very different, but success can be had in both lanes. So I think that's a distinction a lot of people um, don't pay attention to, but I, I believe if the premise is to educate, if the, if the premise is to get you from one to two, you know, in this area, whether it's self-improvement or fitness or mental health or finances or marketing or branding, and that is accomplished at the end of the episode, if they feel like, wow, well, I have a takeaway, then great. I mean, the same could be said for conferences. You could go to conferences and maybe only take away one thing, but that one thing might be what made it worth it. So that's how I kind of look at it. You know, that one thing is going to change your perspective and bring you a lot of value. So sometimes you miss even hearing it and then later it shows up. So what do you think is one of the biggest challenges people face in starting a podcast or growing a podcast? What do you think really gets in people's way? Uh, and please keep me, please remind me, I'm going to answer this in two parts. So, so the growth part is, is, is separate, but I think the biggest challenge to be completely honest is not is not what a lot of people think. A lot of people think it's a tech or I don't want to see myself or I don't think anyone will listen or anything like that. I think my, what I actually think is people think it's too easy. People think it's so easy. They're just like, yeah, I'm going to just grab a phone, plug in my AirPods, go in my closet. I'm just going to go at it. And, and yes, there are low maintenance aspects of it, but to truly make a, what I like to say, like a recommendable show or episode, there's, there's a, and you know, as a business owner, a podcast is essentially a small business unit. 
like if you really, really want to do it right. Now, I'm not saying you have to do that, but I, I think people think podcasting is so easy, which is why, you know, whatever, uh, by episode, you know, there's this term for everyone listening called pod fade. By around episode seven, they're just like, I'm done. And maybe there's expectation management issues. Maybe they thought they were going to be an overnight sensation that, you know, this is going to be the easy way out because Instagram's too hard or LinkedIn is just not pushing my stuff. Well, that doesn't really change wherever you go. I don't think anything, all all success is uphill. It doesn't matter what medium you want to use. Okay. So that's just, that's just the way it is. So I think that's number one is people think it's easy and they get deflated when they look at podcasting as maybe the simplest medium to use and it does not all of a sudden change their lives. So there's that. Growth is a completely different aspect, not aspect, but uh, consideration. And growth is a unique challenge. Um, You can post your videos on YouTube. You can have very beautifully edited uh, videos on YouTube and YouTube is pushing podcasts right now. But Maybe nothing happens. You could put all your clips on social media, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on TikTok, on Instagram, and maybe that'll happen. The number one determinant, and and I this is from a gentleman uh, from Edison Research who I heard at Podcast Movement a year ago. He said, we did this massive, massive amount of data analytics because we all know that's all you care about. Yeah. Everyone here, all you care about is what is going to make my show grow. Right. And I will never forget. And he said, is your show recommendable? It had nothing to do with the length. It had nothing to do with the format. It had nothing to do with the cover art. It had nothing to do with the show notes. Is it recommendable? Is someone going to listen to this and be like, you guys got to hear Does this. it have value? Yeah. yeah. And... I mean, like people think it's so cliche to hear or to say, like, you got to provide value. Why do you think you hear it over and over and over and over again? Because that is the standard. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. There are lots of things you can do in promotion and being patient about it. I say a lot of organizations or people that start podcasts that just aren't patient. They just want, you know, we we live in such an instant satisfaction world and social media makes that even even more challenging. We want instant feedback. Podcasting is a long tail strategy sometimes. It's a thing that you better be doing it for more than just the accolades or followers or revenue stream. You better have some real passion for it. And I think I think when it connects to real passion is when it actually can be successful. I could not agree more. And I'm, I'm glad you said that because having launched podcasts for many clients at this point, those who lead with the intent on on it becoming a revenue stream usually are the ones who are visibly in my opinion detached right they they are saying things for the podcast you know they are trying to make it more entertaining than it has to be they are relying on being a little bit extra when who they are as they are is probably the best thing that expectation is something we now have to temper, you know, in discovery calls and even in our terms and conditions. And I, I like to use a weight loss analogy on this one because it's just like I could be going to the gym and eating right and the scale might not move, but maybe I'm starting to see my muscles some more. Maybe I'm not huffing and puffing when I go up the steps. Like there's qualitative wins. And you know what? In this society, a lot of people don't want qualitative wins. A lot of people are like, I want to see dollar signs. I want to see top line go up. It's just something to consider. And, um, I just believe this stat is really important and I just want to share it because it's fresh. There is a study at the end of Q3 2022 and I I really, uh, I'm sorry, I cannot remember the source, but according to Spotify, there's 4.4 million podcasts in existence. Apple is saying 2.2. That's a pretty big deviation, but either way, let's just call it three. 3 million podcasts out there. So a lot of people, so whenever anyone says everyone has a podcast, I'm like, not really, 3 million. Yeah. yeah. So how many of those 3 million are active? Active podcast meaning publishing once a month, which is low. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty low. So once a month, there's 300,000 of those 3 million publishing once a month. Of those 300,000, how many of those are publishing once a week? That number is about 155,000. So if you are publishing once a week, 
your competition is 155,000 other podcasts. And by the way, you have that in your favor because there's categories. There's news, there's religion, there's sports, there's entrepreneurship. Now, do you want to compete with the 1.38 billion active users on Instagram? Or do you want to potentially rank your podcast globally? or in the United States. So just think about it. It's a long tail, but the opportunity is massive at the same time. Yeah, it's not a it's not a saturated marketplace at all, especially when you put it that way. That's a great <laughs> way to put it. It also makes me want to publish once a week now. The impatience factor too, I think for brands, especially, you know, there are a lot of companies that could really benefit from having a podcast, especially those that have a really good purpose-based brand. So they exist because they're trying to solve a problem. Perfect place to have a podcast but they don't see the return on investment fast enough. And I think that's a big challenge. Um, for us, I mean, I started this inspired by Gary Vee, inspired by several podcasts you produce, honestly. And I started this with the knowledge of like, hey, and when I get to 50 uh, actual really good quality episodes, I'll try to figure out what this is really about. For right now, all I care about is quality. That's all I care about. I wanna have great conversations. If I want to refine it, I'll do it after 50 episodes. Let me ask you a question. I'm a podcast host as well, so I'm going to yeah. ask the host a question. Sure, go for it. What was it that you said to yourself or what was it that allowed you to be like, yeah, I'll get to 50 and then I'll see where the majority of people that we know or who would want to start a podcast would be gone after episode 11 with 100 downloads and they're super frustrated? I think patience. I think I'm a very patient person. I've been in, in brand and marketing for so long. And especially on the brand side, where you're trying to build awareness, you're not just trying to get performance metrics. So we do both. We have someone here that's amazing at performance marketing. I do brand marketing. It's all long tail. But it is actually what differentiates. It's the number one differentiator. So for me, this is a brand thing. And even more important than that, Rich, is this is deeply personal to me. And this is what I love. I love learning from people. I love one-on-one -on -one conversations. I started this at the beginning of the pandemic because I really missed this. So for me, this yes. is just, I love stories. I love telling stories. It's really all I care about. So, you know, I'm here to tell your story today. So that's the most, I, I feel like I just talk too much, honestly, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I love it. I asked you a question, so it's totally fair game, but I, I love that. And I, I think uh, just just to bring that full circle for your audience, if anyone wasn't paying attention, he said it's deeply personal. Not caring is really hard for people who have a business or money behind it, but it's almost as if the less you care, in a way, like the better awareness you'll probably get because you are just being exactly who you are on a regular basis. And I believe people could sniff out when it's, when you're, when you're putting up the veneer, so to yeah, speak. When you're just doing it for profit or doing it for, to promote, like that's what drives me crazy in podcasts is the people who have their value proposition just underneath the surface and see <laughs> how many times they can mention it. Yes. God. Yes. <laughs> I'm out. Yes. Yep. You know? So I, I just think that's what I've learned uh, about successful people, you know, and how to be successful is to be truly present and truly try to understand someone else and stop being about yourself so much. And when you do that, cool things happen. So that's, that's like if I had a concept for this podcast, that's it. For people out there that have started a podcast, let me just segue a little bit here. You know, everyone is is concerned whether they have a good podcast or whether they're struggling or whether they're starting to grow just about how to some simple tips of promotion just some abcs because it's really you get some there's some real crap information out there so social media is a must despite the results you may not see there's a very big difference between podcast promotional episodes no matter how non-promotional they look um to me there, there, there's just a decrease in reach and engagement with those compared to a very specific post where I'm trying to help someone and it's from my phone rather than Riverside or something like that. So it's a must. It's still a must because there's lurkers, okay? There's plenty of people who don't engage with your stuff, whether it's a podcast promotion or not, um, that are kind of just hanging out. They don't like to interact. They just like to look. And I'm telling you, some of these people are clients of mine now. 
I didn't even know. I'm like, you've been following me for how long? Like that doesn't even make sense. So that's, that's why social is a must. So I would try and repurpose everything you can, uh, make sure you put it everywhere. Okay. So that's easy, low hanging fruit. We all know that. Is it fruitful all the time? Absolutely not, but it's essential. Uh, the second thing I would say is a lot of people misplace their calls to action. Uh, sometimes people lead with them at the beginning of their podcast, which isn't necessarily bad, but people are most engaged halfway point of your podcast. If you and your guests are doing a good job, or if it's just you and you're killing it, that's where they're most engaged. Okay. So that's, that's a big one. Do not, I would say, uh, try and ask for a rating or a review or for someone to share it. Or if you have, let's say I have a podcast course, which I don't, but let's just say I did. And I put it at the end of the episode. Look, no matter my best client who reached number two in entrepreneurship on Apple podcasts, like it, the night, the listen rate, the listening percentage is 93, 93% on the best, best episodes. Okay. But typically in the eighties, that's saying like people don't stay to the end, even if it's amazing content. So don't put it, don't put your calls to action towards the end. I, I would recommend the middle. Um, I think if you have a sponsor, I think host read ads hit way better than if you have someone else read it. And I also always ask my sponsors, like, look, you could send me what you want, but I'm going to put it how I want. Because my audience expects to hear it in a relatable fashion, not me saying, I mean, I hear it on ESPN. I, I, I don't wa really watch TV, but I listen to ESPN radio. And it's just so funny when they have to read the ads. I'm like, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> but that's another one. Um, and then in terms of uh, promotion, I think the, 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 the amount of work you do on the front side of a launch is critical and you're, it's, it's not over if you've, if, if you've already started, it's not too late. If you have an email list, if you have a lot of LinkedIn connections and, and I'm talking the kind that you could DM just be like, Hey, uh, you don't need to ask them to review or anything like that. Just be like, I'm wondering if you could give me feedback uh, on this episode. I know you don't have a lot of time, but I think for you, this is an episode that might, uh, might provide some value for you, something along those lines, you would say, words to that effect. And just ask for their opinion, because now it's different from just like, can you listen to my stuff? It's more like, your input is valuable to me. And people like to give feedback. Uh, you know, We did that with Brown Table Talk at the beginning yeah, right. when we launched, and I would say they emailed, I don't know, probably, let's just call it 100 people. I think, 50 people, uh, maybe like 60 people replied or engaged. And then out of that 60, high 80s percentage provided feedback. Like, we love it. We would definitely listen to it, even though we already had recorded the entire season. So it's like they already had the the writing on the wall and, and they just kind of blew up and they've been getting ratings and reviews consistently. But those are the types of things um, to make that easier. And this is the hard work that no one wants to do. If you want to make that even easier on yourself, especially if you're on LinkedIn or something along those lines, I would send you, Steve, a voice message. You know, I would send a voice message and be like, so that, that way, you know, I didn't just copy and paste something. I'd be like, hey, hope the podcast is doing super well. Uh, I am coming back. I'm relaunching a podcast. We rebranded it. Here's the direction I want to go. If you could preview like five minutes of this 10 minute episode and let me know, like, would you listen to it or what could be better? I value you as a podcaster uh, and as a podcast host as well. Like, just let me know. If not, no worries. Thanks. I uh, hope all is well. Yeah. That's it. That's great. That's, I don't know. That was 30 seconds or less. Yeah, that was. That was like an like, easy 20 seconds. Yeah. yeah. So just, that's hard work. No one wants sure. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> people will if you do, if you take the time to leave them a message. Yeah. Almost everything of value in promotion is usually hard work, you know? <laughs> There aren't any yes. easy, fast fixes. Like People always yes. want to find them. You know, it's interesting. There's sort of a theme that, that you keep talking about, and it's just underneath the service, and it connects with brand in such a cool way, is that, you know, Mita's podcast, Mita and Dee's podcast, the podcasting you're done, they all connect with that person's purpose, and they all connect with what they care about. And then even when they're promoting, it's, again, personal. They're trying to build... A network or build an audience, one audience member at a time, not ten thousand at a time. You know, so I just think that that like your advice is is great because I think people need to know the value of just one on one connection and the value of being patient while they're trying to grow. Yep, I mean you don't hear of you hear a viral post all the time. But you don't hear of a viral podcast. <laughs> I really don't. Do you it. just you just don't. But 
how does Lewis Howes and some of these other prominent podcasters, how do they build it? It's just by consistently bringing it and doing it for long periods of time. And then all of a sudden they're getting picked up by Sirius radio on massive contracts. It's like, hello, Joe Rogan has been doing this forever. Yeah, <laughs> He's not new to the game. <laughs> yeah. So just, just think about these things before, you know, you call it up, call it quits. Yeah. And then a lot of the people, a lot of the Joe Rogans or the, you know, Rich Eisens or these people, they've built huge audiences and huge personal brands before they started a podcast. So it's like, you know, sometimes people compare, you know, they'll compare their audience and their work with someone like uh, Joe Rogan and then they get discouraged. And, you know, everyone's coming at this from a different point of view. So there are a lot of different goals in podcasting, you know? So can you talk about maybe some of the different kinds of goals in podcasts you see? Yeah, so I mean, some of the goals... I believe I'll start with a couple that I think are the most underrated goals of podcasting. And those two that stick out to me, um, number one is public speaking. I could listen back to this episode and be like, oh man, like there's a couple times it's just like, just get your words straight, you know, or tighten it up a little bit. Uh, but I, I believe it helps you enhance your public speaking. If that's something of interest to you, I got invited to a couple conferences recently, um, of friends who are throwing conferences and I'm like, I'm sorry, like. I'm in a place right now where I'm only going to conferences unless I'm speaking. Like I'm really trying to take that aspect uh, of my business seriously. And they didn't take it personally, but what do I do? I, I need to get on podcasts and I need to speak more to speak better. So that's one. Um, and the second one is networking. People do not realize this, but it's like some of the people I've interviewed, uh, you know, a lot of that was because I had some big time questions that I wanted to hear. Yeah, me too. And that were pertinent to my journey that, and because I know I'm not alone and that's why I have a podcast and I want to be a conduit of information, uh, it's still a way to network. It's not just necessarily just kind of drawing the information, but like, if this person has a good experience on the show with me, like, is that the type of person I could reach out to later? Can I reach out to Pat Flynn from time to time with the DM and just be like, dude, I got a really quick question. And he'll be like, yep, here you go. Or blah, blah, blah. Oh, you should connect with so-and-so, you know, here's a tip, by the way. I, oh, I love this tip at the end of a podcast, you should say who are, if you, if you had a great time as a host and this guest blew it out of the water, then you want to always say, Hey, uh, is there any more guests or friends of yours in your network of your caliber that you think would be a good fit wow. for the show. That's actually a great thing to do. I will be immediately yeah, asking so, you that at so the end of like, this. <laughs> yeah. So they're just like, all of a sudden they're just like, Oh, I crushed it. Um, and two, it's like, who do I know? Like maybe they know someone, um, who maybe is not necessarily at their level, but like what I like to say is like on the come up, there you go. So now you're networking, right? So now all of a sudden you've interviewed people in their circle, your network shrinks or not shrinks, but it expands. And at the same time, the caliber shrinks, so to speak. Uh, so that's, that's what I think is huge. Uh, other considerations, um, essentially a, a lot of people want the authority, uh, industry authority. And a lot of that could be achieved, achieved through rankings. Um, one, one rumor I like to dispel pretty often is ratings and reviews. Um, those do not boost your podcast in any, by any stretch of the imagination. I've talked to a couple people at Apple. They're important if you want to see if the podcast is good. Maybe, uh, if you're considering having that person on as a guest of yours, you could see like, you know, what people are writing about them, but ratings and reviews, um, they have no bearing whatsoever on, on where you can rank. What, where ranking comes into play is subscriber velocity. One of my clients is averaging right now, uh, we got them from 140,000 downloads a month. They're approaching 700,000 downloads a month in about five months. Yeah, they're, they're, they are absolutely destroying it. But, and they're very high level. They're like, well, hey, Rich, a friend of mine has a show and she says she gets about 2 million downloads per, per month. And, we're, and this is, we were only at like 300,000 when he, when he wrote this to me and I'm like, yeah, he's like, so how are we possibly ranking higher than her? I was like, because more people are subscribing to your podcast over a month than hers. It matters. So that there's a very big difference there. So like, yeah, you want to be an industry authority subscriber velocity. How do you do that? Recommendable episodes. How do you do that? Promoting it the way we talked about, like all these little things. So I, I don't want to say it's easy. Um, but 
you can, you can rank. Mita and Mita and uh, D and Mita ranked, I believe the highest they got was number 11. And one of D's friends had been podcasting forever and they were one, they were one, they were, num- they were right behind them. And she's like, I can't believe this is happening. I'm like, I can't. That's so great. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the quality and, you know, recommendability of a, of a podcast and then, you know, consistency, uh, has a lot to do with it. Yeah. And then I'm glad you brought up networking because there are a lot of different reasons to do a podcast. Certainly a lot of people are like, man, I want my podcast to be grow explosively. I want it to be the biggest thing ever. I want to be an authority in my industry. All valid reasons. The other one that I've found is that by connecting with people, even if you have networking in mind, absolutely great move. But sometimes I'm just talking to super interesting people and I don't know what the next thing is going to be. I don't have any intention of like, oh, we're going to work together or I want something for you. What I've found is all of a sudden I've got a new friend. They reach out to me. I reach out to them. Something happens. The the sort of unintended positive consequences of conversation, I think, make a great reason to have a podcast. I completely agree. You, I mean, yeah, sometimes people have said things on the podcast that I didn't know I needed potentially for like my business, right? Whether it's a tip or a service or an offering of theirs, or, or maybe they say, oh, one of my friends opened this business and it helped me. And I'm like, wait a second, I need that. So after we stopped recording, I'm like, give me the deets. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, what's going yeah, on here? I want to know more about so, that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you're, you're exactly right on that. I think, I think intentionality is everything. And um, yeah, I think you're right. Like if, if you go in just trying to be like, I'm adding this person to my network. Now I could say I interviewed them and they're part of my network. No, no, no. It's kind of gross, isn't thing. it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not the same thing. No, it's not. And I think that, ma- I, you know, I, I am who I am, but that's, I believe that so much. I think your intention yeah. has everything to do with it. Yeah. And, you know, when you're, when you have fun and you're enjoying someone and the intention is just to have a great conversation, let the field of possibility take care of everything, everything else. 100%. Because you just never know. So let me ask you a little bit about entrepreneurship. What surprised you? What have you learned that's really surprised you about being an entrepreneur? Everything takes longer than you think. That's a great um, one. Uh, period. Uh, it doesn't matter. It, you can make, it, it's like turning a battleship around. Like it's not going to happen fast. So sometimes when you make these changes, what like we're going to really push email marketing. Anything new that we introduce, number one, you really have to get your team's temperature on that because they might just be in like, oh, Rich is in good idea fairy mode again. Like, here we go, like over and over and over, like something new, something new. Um, so it has to, it has to, it has to improve your core offering and it has to be consistent with your core values is, is how I like to put it. But um, those changes can take 60, 90, 120 days. Again, it's like fitness is such an easy parallel here. It's like, I can't, if I come home from my first day of my new workout and look in the mirror, I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) What do you expect to see? That's one of my favorite quotes (laughs) of all time now. Yeah. So there's, there's that, um, everything takes longer than you think. Um, I would also say delegating has become just massively, massively important. Uh, one of my guests actually had a VA hiring agency and I did not interview him for that. And by the end of it, I was a client of theirs. And now, um, that person who I hired initially, who was a VA is now like my chief of staff. And she's absolutely running circles around people who used to work for me, who were, you know, in, in theory, way more qualified. Um, but delegating as much as humanly possible so you could stay out and up, right? Like, I mean, I guess it depends on where you kind of stand in your role. Are you an executor or the visionary? Like for me, it's important to just kind of think up and out. So that's where I need to stay. Um, I used to be a pilot, you know, so when you're, when you're down and in too much, like you're not observing what's going on outside. It's like, hello. So that's where I need to be. So delegating is hugely important. And that not only carries over just professionally, but personally too. I'm looking outside at my lawn right now. I haven't mowed a lawn in forever. Not because I don't enjoy it, but you know what? Is that the best use of my time? I'd rather go walk around the neighborhood, um, you know, with a weighted vest and get a little workout in if I didn't have time to go to the gym than mow my lawn. I'm not one of these people who's obsessive about the landscaping or anything like that. I, if I have the capacity to do it, I will outsource it. And it's all about just like how much value do you place on your time? How many $10 an hour tasks are you assigning yourself? 
when you shouldn't be. So that's another thing I would say. And last I would say is, is the numbers, uh, the numbers, the desire to grow your business or maybe hit a certain numerical or financial or revenue goal. It's just, I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm, I'm happy with the runway it may take, meaning I'm more invested in what we said at the very beginning of the show in helping people. And sometimes that means operating at a loss. Sometimes that means breaking even with a certain big project. Uh, sometimes that means striking gold with a couple people who you could serve at an unbelievably high capacity. And it happens to be lucrative too, but I have become less obsessive of some of my financial goals in terms of really perfecting the craft and demonstrating that we are beyond a shadow of a doubt, the right decision. That is hugely important to me. So uh, those are three takeaways right there. Dude, all of those are such incredibly good advice for entrepreneurs <laughs> and podcasters, anyone trying to do any endeavor. You know, I think you're, you're, what you said about like, you know, being up and out and seeing what you're doing, you know, an entrepreneur's role or someone who's in charge's role is to be the pilot. And if you're looking down at the controls all the time, I love that analogy. Yeah, you're going to crash into the side of a mountain. <laughs> and then also just being stubborn about what you want. I think when you put the focus on serving others, I just agree with this so much, I have to follow up with you on this. When you put the the emphasis on serving others and not what you get, yeah, I think you get more. It's true. It's not a cliche. You know? So so instead of having financial goals like I want X, I want the big everything, I want all this stuff, I want to scale, how about you put your energy into thinking about how you're going to help the client you have or how you're going to help this person or that person, and then the rewards come back. It's amazing to me that more people don't see that. Let me and uh, let me say this. Uh, that podcast, NFTs for Newbies, I left it at the beginning of May I haven't been podcasting since then. That was a critical, critical decision because it was going so well. And I knew we, we had something special. And at the same time, I knew if I walked away, I may never have that kind of podcast success again. But you know what I did have? I had, a, I had onboarded a few clients and I just felt instinctually that I was kind of splitting my attention a little too close for comfort. And I didn't want to do that. So I wanted them to know that we were absolutely obsessive. And you know the kind of compliments we get or the kind of feedback we get is you guys are all over it. Like we never have to think. Or this, like all the things you want people to say about you and what you're providing them make you, just like a podcast, recommendable, right? So it's like I had to make a choice and I'm so excited I'm going to be starting a podcast again here soon. Um, and we'll truly see if it's repeatable and if I know what I'm doing. <laughs> but, but I had to choose. And just like you said, it's like, Am, am I there for them? Are, 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 do they ever have to think, is, are, is Rich's, Rich and his team like, do they got this or not? Like, they never have to. We always kind of make it a, this informal thing. I'll say it on this podcast, but my clients, I don't think will hear it. But we never want them to be waiting on us, ever, ever, ever. We always want to be waiting on them. And, and respectfully, you know what I mean? Like, hey, we're all set. Get us this by this date, and we're going to be on timeline, on target, and we're good. I never, ever, ever want that email where Steve's like, Hey, do you have that thing yet? <laughs> we I'm we haven't heard from you in a couple of weeks. What's up? Man, I hate no that. Way. Yeah, I you know, my whole philosophy of business is that I I worked my way through college waiting tables and in fine dining. And so high pressure fine dining. So I love noticing the room and yes. seeing what someone anticipating needs. So we're all about anticipating needs and making 100%. it not about us. I love it. You know, and that works. So you've been, you're going through a lot of changes. You're growing. A lot of cool things are happening for you right now. What would you name this chapter of your life? Uh, addition through subtraction is the season I'm in. I say no to so much, just like I talked about that com those conferences. Like, no, sorry. Um, I just had a, a prospect call yesterday. We had a discovery call. Then I talked to the, the other partner. We DocuSign was already out. Everything was good. They just wanted to add a couple things in that were very easy add-ins. Um, and then at the end, uh, the question came up. Uh, let's just call it. I'll, I'll just be very simple. Let's just say it's a hundred dollars. Okay, I don't want to give the actual number. It's it's it's, it's a lot, but hundred bucks. And they're like, uh, yeah, we're good, but we have a board uh, because this is a startup. So like, we're good for eighty. 
90, we'd have to get approval. 100, we can't do, but we understand if you you don't want to do business with us because of that. I'm like, um, I was like, yeah, I could do it for, I could do it for 80 or 90. Like, let me just look at all the things I would have to take off. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like, uh, yeah. Desperate, des- desperation is a, is a cologne that everyone could smell. Right. So it's like, no, like, like, so what happened was Steve, I'm, I was so proud that we didn't really flinch there. And what I actually came back with, and I'm that chief of staff who I got from a podcast episode, like that agency I found through a podcast episode, she hit me in the chat on the side. She's like, um, extended payments. So I said, we could also make it, uh, payments up to six months versus 90 days. They're like, Oh, well that's different. And there you go. So I got a text later that night, like we're proceeding. I'm like, I'll send it over. That's great. There's a lot of knowing your worth in that. Yeah. But it's addition through subtraction, right? It's just like, it's like, what are you saying no to? What are you, what are you not willing to compromise on? What are non-negotiables to you? Uh, I think that would, that would be the season I'm in. And that has been, uh, I, I went, I was supposed to go to mastermind a few days ago for four days after just getting back from a trip. I decided at the last minute to not go. It may have seemed unprofessional, but I got to spend a lot of time with my daughters who I've been not seeing so much lately because of travel. And it was, as always, and I put this in the LinkedIn post, I never regret that time. Yeah, I saw (laughs) your post and I was actually happy for you that you skipped it. Just because sometimes, you know, you miss your life when when you're just so goal-oriented that you're not like seeing what's around you, you know? So... I think that's amazing, uh, and and good for you. I love that theme of the, of the phase you're in, and uh, I you know I only have a couple more questions for you because I actually sure. do have to let you go. This could be a three hour episode, <laughs> yeah. no problem. Yeah. Um, so uh, my final question for you today: If you could tell your younger self something and give yourself some advice, what would that advice be? It's it's hard now. It's like my motto now is is like never settle. My mantra, so to speak, but. Yeah, I, I wish I could have understood what that actually meant earlier. Um, there was a lot of my Marine Corps career where I kind of settled um, at the thought that I couldn't be, you know, a top 1% Marine or whatever. I was kind of like happy to not be at the bottom and not necessarily be an over-executor. But I was just intimidated by so much of the talent around me. I was more worried about just like keeping up than I was about exceeding my own self-inflicted limitations. So... Don't settle. Um, and again, I, I really try and tie everything personal and professional, but you know, I'm previously married and, and you know, like it's easy to talk about now. It's not super uncommon, but you know, I did those things for the wrong reasons or, or I was in a bunch of relationships for the wrong reasons. And I was just like, I'll, I'll just settle until, you know, it just gets to a point where it's like, it's just like almost like a catastrophic event needs to happen in order for you to walk away. And that's just not how it is. You could just, you could just make a U-turn at any time you want. And no one's keeping score on you. Steve is not interested if I start and stop a podcast. He's, I mean, he's not keeping score. Like we imagine that there's like this just like group of people who has a microscope on us. And that just could be the furthest thing from the truth. All it is an exaggeration uh, of what you have in your own mind. So I would probably say just just never settle, but understand what that actually means. That the long-term implications of some of your current decisions are just going to be, you know, just negligible. (laughs) <laughs> you know, in 30 days or a year or five years, you know, you know the deal. So that's what I would say. Man, I love that. You know, uh, so often in our lives, we're so afraid of change. We're yeah. so afraid to change something up and we'll convince ourselves that, that a situation is okay. Yeah. If it's not, it's not. And yes. it takes a long time to learn that. So yes. I, I think you and I have been through some very similar things. <laughs> and, I, you know, you build a lot. You, I always remind myself when you go through things like that, of think of all the character you're building and how it'll yes. come in handy later down the road. Yep, it's all part of the story that you're going to tell. So there you go. Yeah, it is. Well, this has been absolutely great, man. I had such a blast talking to you today. So thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome. I hope your audience got something out of it. I, I really do. And and yeah, I, I really appreciate the time. And like you said, we <laughs> we could have sat here forever. But you, You're an amazing person. I love your energy and I love what you're putting out into the world. So just keep being appreciate you, man. You're killing it. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, have a great rest of the day. Want to hear more inspiring stories? Subscribe on your preferred podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what we're doing, please rate, review, and share. It's the best way to support us. Thank you for listening to Brand Story.